What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the fuck did I? What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay, everyone. Yeah. We uh, we made the executive decision to do more demo reel when we heard that it goes some strange places. And <laughs> what? Yeah, and it turns out it really does. And it, it would have. I. I'm. I'm really glad he did this because I couldn't imagine leaving it off where we did because it just immediately yeah. diverges into. Yeah. Oh, I mean. <laughs> um. So, last week we talked about um. Doug Walker's uh, failed post-nostalgia critic project um, demo reel. And and we talked about how it's this, you know, kind of failed sketch comedy show. Uh, it, it's mostly just Doug rehashing the nostalgia critic, but with like a slightly different, you know, coat of paint instead of like going through the movies point by point and nitpicking them. Uh, what is it? He just kind of finds ways to nitpick them, but like through parody or whatever. It's basically what he does now. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, um... after, uh, <laughs> episode two, things get a little different. A little bit. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in detail, but it definitely, what, what demo reel becomes in these last three episodes is sort of, uh, an exorcism of Doug Walker's soul, um, a, a, an exercising of demons in a major way. Yeah. Um, and we, it, it starts off right away with, uh, in, in episode three, first, first of all, the first thing we should say is these last three episodes completely break from the form of what demo reel was yeah. to begin with. Originally demo yeah. reel, like we talked about last week, if you missed it is, um, you know, they're this, the three of them, Doug and, uh, his two co-stars are this production company that's supposed to like make improved versions of movies for, you know, some stupid mm. reason. Um, but it's like you say, it's just uh, Doug doing nostalgia critic bits, but in the form of movie parody. Um, the last three episodes don't have that. The last three episodes have movie parodies, but they are just done like as part of the actual narrative of the show. So like yeah. the, yeah, the plot of lost in Tran in this first episode, we'll talk about like a parody of lost in translation just happens to Doug's character. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, it starts out like he's going to do a parody of Lost in Translation at an anime convention for Demo Reel, like the show within the show Demo Reel. But then um, uh, Malcolm and, uh, or what is the names, like Tacoma, Tacoma and... Tacoma and uh, Rebecca. Tacoma and Rebecca. Um, they both say, <laughs> they both say no, that they both don't really want to continue Demo Reel. So Doug goes to the anime convention anyways, and... Uh, a parody of Lost in Translation, but with bromance, just happens to him. And uh, it, it's so fucking bizarre. And I also got to say, like, the 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 episode begins with them talking about the feedback to Demo Reel, the show within the show. And um, the, the, the way they talk about it is one of them says, we've created some of the most hated videos online. <laughs> We have a serious image problem. Uh, well, someone says you're killing the things we love. It's, it, it's, it. Right off the bat, you get like the Doug exorcism. You get, yep. you get the like. <laughs> and it's uh, it's incredible because a, one of the most important things that they talk about is someone questions Donnie Doug's character and says, "Well, why? If the whole point of this is that we're making better versions of movies, then why in all of our movies?" 
are we like making pointed critiques about the things about the things we're doing um and this is the sort of first moment where what demo reel becomes reveals itself like what this show is actually about because what the show is actually about mm-hmm. is Doug Walker feeling you know feeling through his guilt over what the nostalgia critic was and yes. and his desperation to be rid of it um yeah so but it <laughs> it starts with this lost in translation bit which is utterly bizarre um this episode we should uh, an important thing i want don't want to i want to bring up by the way there's no jokes in any of these three episodes like, no, there no, are... there, there's, yeah, the, the, the amount of jokes they make, especially in the Lost in Translation one, it, it there's like almost none. Yeah. It's, it, it, there's like some like mildly humorous banter. That's about it. it it's, it, it's, I, I, okay, I, the weird thing is I understand why everyone turned on the show because like if you go to see the nostalgia critic, you don't go there to see a fucking Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, you uh you you don't you don't go see the nostalgia critic for this guy trying to exercise his demons, but it Yeah, but no, it um it turns into this mix of a Lost in Translation parody and him like trying to deal with his guilt and I have to say that Doug's hatred of the nostalgia critic as the character and him like working through all this stuff in public is like more than a little compelling, honestly. I completely agree. I was glued to the screen. I honestly I I I, I hesitate to call anything here good, but the Lost in Translation episode in particular is like the closest I've come to actively liking anything we've talked about on this show, it is, it's, it's weirdly compelling. It, 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 it Especially if you're like this invested in the Doug mythos, it, 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 you get to see this just like agonizing self-hatred and just this like extreme guilt just all come out on screen in it's mixed with this like really sad character too. Yeah. That's like like fifty percent like sort of a Romana clef about Doug and it's it's I again, it it's I don't know if it's good, but it, it's like the most I I remember halfway through the episode it was like 3 a.m and i just messaged esther like wait is this like actually kind of okay like what the fuck is happening (laughs) um yeah what happens is that is doug's at this anime convention and he um he meets this guy named uh i think it's like uncle yo or something uncle Um, yo yeah yeah and they sort of have this like bromance together and they talk about like donnie what he does like his uh you know his show demo reel they have all these like introspective conversations and stuff (laughs) and they talk about like what slash fic is and they go around they hang around the convention and it's like a it's like a beat for beat parody of lost in translation and i guess if you're making something about like depression and NUI a beat for beat parody of that movie is a pretty good starting point it's Uh, fascinating because their their initial conversation turns from something that is very clearly scripted as part of the narrative and it weirdly becomes like by the end of it it was very clear that it it seemed just like Doug talking when he's talking about like what it's like to you know 
have a fan base and have you know have people writing yeah. fanfic about you and there's a a, a moment the most charlie kaufman moment in this entire thing is when they're walking this montage of them walking around the convention and they come across this this, this girl in nostalgia critic cosplay and uh donnie is yeah. like oh now who's who's this supposed to be um yeah it's bizarre yeah Doug himself, like, he looks conflicted in that scene. Like, he's like, you can't tell whether or not he's charmed or afraid. (laughs) Yeah, that that is the the most Charlie Kaufman moment in this entire thing. It's so fucking nuts. Um, Yeah, they do, like, a ton of Lost in Translation scenes in it, and... They mostly do the really good Lost in Translation scenes. I, side note, I, I have complicated feelings about Lost in Translation, but there's like five or six really good scenes in that movie, and they mostly just stick to the ones people like. Like, they do the karaoke scene, um, uh, but what is it? It's a... Uh, it's the Pokemon <laughs> instead theme. Of, yeah, they do the Pokemon theme, which, again, is also, like, weirdly compelling. Just that That's the thing about this. Doug is in his element with this like Doug is this is even though he's like working through his guilt and stuff like he he, he seems like a free man when he's like acting all, like he's acting through all this stuff like he 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 seems to be enjoying himself and not phoning it in he see he seems he is in his most cool blockbuster employee mode ever totally that is that, totally yeah yeah um it does like the bedside conversation thing, um, yeah, with uh, Uncle Yo, um, and they have all of this like, uh, like these like sort of again they continue to talk about like without talking about it directly all of the problems with the nostalgia critic like he says I try to do better than all of these movies or whatever <laughs> like what 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 do they talk about like they make reference <sighs> to like you know. Focusing, there was one line that I don't remember if it was in this episode specifically, but I think it was in that conversation where he talks about people who were like overly focused on the past and now he just wants to move forward. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Yes. I see. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They have all of this. They have these um, little lost in translation parodies throughout and. Uh, up to the fact that Doug sort of has a bromance affair with fucking ego raptors, <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you if you've seen Lost in Translation, you know that the premise is that Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson have like a platonic relationship together, like they just sort of have like a mildly intimate, like just kind of shared loneliness in the mood for love thing going on, and um, what is it midway like near the end of the movie? Uh, like Bill Murray's character has sex with like an older woman and it sort of causes a weird rift between their relationship even though it was like kind of unspoken and they do the same thing here but the older woman is fucking ego raptor and Cuyo comes to his room like the next day and sees and sees like a drunken ego raptor stumbling out <laughs> and it's one of the weirdest fucking things that's ever happened in one of these yeah Oh, and we say Ego Raptor. This is not Aaron Hansen yeah. playing a role, right? He introduces himself yeah. as Ego Raptor. Yeah. He says, "Hi, I'm Ego Raptor." <laughs> um. Oh God. Um. Okay. 
you know what the the wildest fucking lost in translation parody is in this right um when when doug uh so again lost in translation there's a scene where bill murray calls his wife um they talk and it's clear that the kind of there's like a ton of distance between the two of them like you know get it because it's a movie about distance Mm -hmm. but anyways um (laughs) doug's character does the same thing and because him being at this anime convention and having all these new experiences was rejuvenating for his character he tries to pitch his wife on watching anime and there's sort of this like back and forth like a mildly clever back and forth where he's like trying to tell his wife like hey um hey we should watch princess mononoke and it's like well what's that and he's like it's this really cool anime about the rainforest but like it's subtle or whatever and he's i don't know it's just like your average trying to pitch anime to a normal person conversation but what fucking threw me off and i didn't recognize this until i looked up the cast list afterwards his wife is played by fucking mara wilson yeah i didn't notice that either at the time (laughs) i i think that's the moment where this clicked for me like demo real like he was calling in every favor he had for demo real like he he wanted this to be his next thing and he he pulled ego raptor he pulled fucking um you know all of this stuff in it (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like he got mara wilson and everything He, he was determined for this to be like the the uh his next thing and that's it makes it all the more tragic that it failed because this is a passion project yeah. this is a this is a this is something he cared a lot about and it's hard because uh, like so much of what these episodes are about is about him trying to like desperately tell his audience like please understand why i'm doing this please understand why i don't want to do the nostalgic critic anymore like yeah it's like grabbing them by the shoulders and shaking them and being like please yeah. He he shows like a level of self-awareness about the way the internet is moving uh that his fan base would not because he he is very very clearly trying to just both communicate to his fan base and communicate things are different now. I started this in 2009. It's like 2014 now. It's it's a the internet has changed. The world has changed. We we can't we can't do this anymore. Um and oh god i i gotta say like i between that and like there, there's also just a lot of genuine ambition in this episode too like this this attempt to remake this serious movie that doug has stated repeatedly is one of his favorites and i don't know this attempt to reckon with himself through it i i genuinely kind of admire the ambition here like this is a this is a oh god this is a this is Doug's, like, Synecdoche, New York or something. It's nuts. It really is. And like we said before, there's there's really not jokes in it. There's even, like, a yeah. kind of a subplot with, you know, like we talked about last week, the swag is coming after Demo Reel. But that's, like, that takes up no time. It's barely a part of the episode. Yeah. And it is, yeah. it, it's so incidental. And it's, it's funny because, like, you know... <laughs> Like you said, imagine going to like the, that guy with the glasses.com, you're a huge nostalgia critic fan, and you sit down and you watch like 30 minutes of this completely straight-faced you know, redo of a Sofia Coppola movie that yeah. has like no jokes in it. It's it's crazy. It's crazy there, that he did this. I will say there is one genuinely kind of funny exchange in it. Um, 
where <laughs> there's like there's like a like a guy in a scream mask standing outside their window and he uh Oh yeah. He's like taunting Rachel and then she like said she says your car's being towed and then he goes away. It's like a little scream reference. And then Malcolm's talking to her later. It's like, "You didn't think there was anything weird about that?" And then she says, "I thought he was trick or treating." And it's response with "In December." And then she responds with, and this is actually pretty clever. Maybe he was from a different time zone? I did. That, yeah. I did like that. That That's was good. That was actually pretty funny. <laughs> um Yeah. No, this God, no, that, that's so weird. It's so weird how this show is like sort of coming into its own here. Like this is a this is a big step up for the most like ridiculous man on the internet. It's so God, it's again, it in order to like vibe with this at all, you sort of have to be invested in Doug Walker, and you also have to like sort of have an appreciation for these like semi-tragic semi-monstrous figures trying to reckon with what they've done um but like that's like a that's a personal like interest of mine like a lot of my favorite movies are like directors just trying to reckon with bad things they've done like fucking you know death proof Mm. uh dogville kind of counts so like it's i don't know if, if you're on that wavelength this is again maybe not good but like one of the most weirdly compelling things I've seen from an internet person. Yeah, I, I would... This is definitely the closest I would ever come on this show to saying, if you have been following along thus far, um, and you've been as interested in all this as we have, maybe check this out. Like, yeah, it's, it is... I was absolutely, like, lo- locked in to these episodes. Yeah. I, it was... I was it's really compelling. It's maybe not yeah. if you don't care about Doug, but like if you do, it absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's so, so strangely compelling. It, it's, it, it's bizarre. It's, it's like outsider art, but <laughs> it, uh. we should talk about, um, the fine, the last two episodes that, well, the, you know, the second to last one, yeah. isn't, there's not as much going on. It is. Yeah. The, it, it is the actually second to last one. It, it is closer yeah. to, um, to the first two in a way the it is called the, yeah. the Blair Witch Hangover and half of this episode is um Tacoma and Rebecca like and a new character named Fabrizio um who's like yeah. this mob he's like a mobster yeah um you know they they have their deep hangover they wake up and they don't remember what happened the past three days and he, it's all like you know yeah Fabrizio is played by like the last angry geek or whatever from <laughs> the movies the, the character he's playing is like He's like a cross between Whitey Bulger and Movie Bob. It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird, but it's um yeah, it's them like hung over after getting blackout drunk and trying to like piece together using found footage what happened the previous night. It's so funny because you remember in the hangover how the plot of the movie is that they were like the movie is about them retracing their steps to try to figure out what happened. What if instead of that they just recorded everything that happened and just watched all of the videos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, oh, uh, God, they, they have all of this stuff that happens in it. And, um, again, not many jokes. Like, they're, during the flashback sequences, they have a part where Rachel's character talks about... Um, how she's 22 years out, old now. She's basically an 
old woman by Hollywood standards, or, and she's also, like, not conventionally pretty, so, you know, she can never be, like, a leading actress. Um, and again, no, like, barely any jokes. There's, like, a joke about Kathy Bates taking her top off and about Schmidt. That's it. Like, it, it's mostly just a very serious and frank discussion about how the uh, film industry treats women who aren't, like, don't fit into a certain beauty standard. It's it's weird. It's really weird. Like it's the scene. It's like a monologue from her, and it goes on for a while. And it's it's yeah. it's so funny because like you can sense that Doug genuinely believes this. I don't know if he came to this yeah. by himself or is this is something that like Rachel kind of uh, had some input into the writing. But you can tell this is very genuine coming from him. But it's funny because like he wrote this character as like a ditzy clown for the first two episodes, right? Like he. He indulges in this constantly, and it's this weird moment. Mm. Again, this is another moment of like Doug self reflection that's so fascinating. Yeah, of Doug coming to terms with like, look at look at what I have indulged in over my career, and and the harm that that causes, and like the the harm yeah. that I the widespread harm that I am contributing to, you know. Yeah, like the the way I, you know, I've been mean to. I don't have, like, especially vivid memories of Doug being, like, a crack.com level misogynist towards uh, actress woman. But, like, just, like, the whole way that nerd culture around this time and the way he contributed to it was, like, really, really awful to woman actresses. And <laughs> just, it's so, God, it's unbelievable just seeing it, like, happen. Um, And what else do they do when they're... um? When they're, uh, you know, talking and sitting around. Well, the other dark moment is that Rebecca makes another allusion to being molested by her uncle, which is yet another, like... Yeah. Not really a joke. Like, it's... Yeah. It is definitely bordering... Like, we've talked about how rape jokes uh, were sort of, you know, infected internet comedy around this time period, like, for years. But it is, like, played in such a way... That it, like, straddles the line, I think, between one of those jokes and just, like, a serious part of her character, especially given, like, like the scene we just described. Um, yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, but most of the... Um, I don't even remember, like, most of what happens in this sequence. It is a lot of, like, just them being drunk and and, like talking about their lives kind of and like playing games and just being stupid. It is a weird, weird episode. Mm. Um, and that's not even getting to the Doug part of this episode, which is fucking absurd. Um, it's where, which is where the Blair Witch part of the title comes in. <laughs> um, cause Doug's half of this episode is just Donnie is lost in the woods. Um, at the end of the previous episode, a member of swag tries to kidnap him. And he, like, gets away and is, like, running through the woods, recording himself, trying to survive. And, like, it's a, it's a very loose Blair Witch parody, but it's the kind of Blair Witch parody. Um... Oh, I have to go back, actually. I forgot the other moment from the from the last episode that I liked. Um, there's a moment mm. where, um... I mean, no, maybe it is from this episode. It's a moment where um, Tacoma is recording himself because he's doing an investigation Donnie has kind of challenged him to like investigate his life and is like, well, you figure out why I don't, why I'm always, why I'm making this thing to criticize these movies. Like, well, you, you investigate me and figure it out. So he's making, doing these like investigative vlogs 
Um, and at one point, he's like recording himself walking down the sidewalk at night. And there's a car pulled up next, like sl- slowly driving behind him. And every time he looks back, the car like sc- suddenly like screeches to a halt. And it's like it's timed really well. It's a it's it is a like yeah. well done gag. But then he <laughs> right after this, right after this well done gag that I am in the middle of kind of appreciating, Tacoma says, "What is this? A boo ghost from Super Mario Brothers?" <laughs> and it's like, Come oh. On. Fuck, we forgot about the most baffling joke in the entire thing. Like, uh, when Tacoma, like, shows up at the house, like, having been attacked by... Oh, God, yeah. Um, ta- attacked by Swag, the, the <laughs> you know, the... And at first it looks like he's, like, bloody and beaten. But then, the, like, uh, the, IRA, the IRA guy tastes the blood and it's like, hmm, it's tasty. And I'm, I'm not doing an accent on this. I'm not doing a fucking accent, sorry. <laughs> and... And he... It's like, hmm, it's tasty. And, um. Oh, God. And. <laughs> he. He, uh. She. She. Rachel, taste the blood, too. And it's maple syrup. And she says. <laughs> she says, you are one tasty black man. Yeah. Yep. The show's treatment of race <laughs> sort of in, sort of sort of opposed to the to the way that Doug is uh is reflecting on his treatment of women in his writing. Um uh very much the opposite in his treatment of uh of the black character on the show, I must Le- say. Leaves a little bit to desire. <laughs> I, I I guess I if I'm being charitable, I'm saying it's part of the Lost in Translation parody, but <laughs> god i that wow that was nuts oh Oh, god oh but but yeah most of this episode is just doug like stumbling through the woods with a camera pointed on his face doing like cracks about the blair witch project that don't really have anything to do with what the blair witch project is actually about um and it's really kind of interminable i gotta say it's uh it goes on for Mm. so long Yeah, the the Blair Witch Project is kind of a return to like the old, uh, the old, like demo reel stuff, like with the Batman thing. Um, it's a little better because it's not him trying to outsmart the movie anymore. Like he, he the one kind of clever thing that the Blair Witch Project parody does is that the whole time he's like talking about how much smarter he is than the kids in the Blair Witch movie, and then like he immediately makes all of the same mistakes that they do, but like way worse. It's that that is that is the one prop I'll give him to us. Then rather than using it as an ex, as a chance to nitpick that movie, he like faints at that, and then he just is like, "Oh wait, no, this was completely reasonable since it's like a demon forest and they're freaking out." Um, but uh, yeah, it is interminable. It goes on way too long. Uh, it's basically just like it, 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 it's sort of like if Connor O'Malley wasn't funny. Basically, it's just um, it totally is. It is the exact cadence yeah. of a Connor O'Malley video, except nothing funny yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, but I will say another positive thing about the Blair Witch parody is, um, well, for starters, I do think like the, in abstract, the concept of Doug Walker and the Blair Witch Project <laughs> is just inherently compelling. That is, uh, <laughs> that, is a, that I, I was just like, if, if you just told me what if Doug was in the Blair Witch Project, I'd probably die laughing, but... <laughs> 
there was a moment near the end where you know um they do like heather's big monologue basically they do a parody of that and uh rather than talking about you know oh we're all gonna die out here uh doug's character donnie says you can try your best and you can still fucking fail it doesn't matter like he has this big serious moment where he talks about how real life isn't a movie and you know you can try your hardest and it sometimes it just doesn't work out and again weirdly compelling it's like especially knowing that he's trying his hardest to make this show work and it's not working <laughs> like he wasn't really aware how badly demo reel is doing but i do think he had an inkling that like the reception wasn't great so like <laughs> again it's you, you get the sense of just like this cloud of doom hanging over his head as he says this it it it, it is not entirely acting basically yeah absolutely um do we want to move on to the to the finale mm. to blue patches because this is yeah, where it uh, really well <laughs> the plot the, the thing ends with uh it ends with like a the blair witch ending basically where he's in the blair witch house and he gets knocked over and uh there's a bit of a teaser for you know the the hangover plot is going to continue into the next episode oh boy so blue patches this is this is where like th this officially gets like like it, it wow yeah it, fuck man yeah yeah <laughs> um so the resolution to the resolution to the Blair Witch plot, plot is that um um uh Doug wakes up in uh Doug wakes up in uh this house and he he learns that like the little girl who was like kind of tormenting him in the woods was just like a little girl trying to scare him. And the house that he was in is the house of this family. And the family then seems to recognize him from uh, his movies, but it's not the movies you're thinking of. We then cut back to um, uh, what is it? Malcolm and uh, Rachel looking at um, the uh, <laughs> looking at the computer and they realize that this child actor who was in two movies called uh it's like jingle cells and like space wars or something yeah it's is donnie donnie is like a former child actor and that's where it all comes like at you like a train <laughs> donnie dupree is supposed to be like he's supposed to be adult jake lloyd yeah that that is that is the character that he is it it you feel like the weight of the world just like collapsing on you there. Yeah. So there's um, there's there's two things that are happening here that are sort of in real life not connected, but the, but Doug has in Doug's mind he has connected them. Um and the first thing mm. the first thing is, as you say, uh Jake Lloyd, who of course, you know, Doug uh has taken part in sort of the mass uh, mocking and tormenting of Jake Lloyd, who was a kid, he was in The Phantom Menace, and he was, like, really relentlessly bullied, um, not just in culture, but, like, in real life as a child and, and yes. growing up because yeah. of this very, like, you know, he's a kid, and he gave a quote-unquote mm. bad performance in a movie. And because of this, he, yeah. like, it ruined his life. He, um, now, I think, I, he, as an adult, he is, like, schizophrenic. Um, he is very, yeah. like, he's very, like, he's troubled. Um, yeah, and he has got. By yeah. the way, J Jake Lloyd interviews like if you've seen like interviews with him, it it's like no joke. Some of the saddest things you'll ever yeah. see, like from now, like I I remember seeing like a video of interview from him about 2014, and like 
he's not even like Mara Wilson where he can kind of have like a little fun reflecting on like his child actor career or, you know, he can be a little self-deprecating. No, like there is so much pain in his voice. Yeah. There is so much just despair and sadness and regret. And he just talks about how like horribly he was bullied and how cruel people were to him and how he hasn't really gotten over that. And it, it's like, I'm not going to make a joke about it. It's just really, really sad to see like this person's life was ruined because of a movie. Yeah. Um, so this is basically um, it Doug in playing this role. It, well, okay. I should say in order to set this up, the other part of this is that Donnie, um, his mother basically was also an actress who was in a movie called blue patches. Um, yes. And uh, while it went, you know, while, when she was young and while it was acclaimed at the time, you know, as she kind of grew up and became a middle-aged woman, all the all the work dried up, all the roles, she couldn't get work, um, and she committed suicide. She threw herself out a window. And what this is based yep. on is a film uh, from 1965 uh, called A Patch of Blue, which is has yes. the same plot. It's a, you know, Sidney Poitier and this uh, woman who's play, named Elizabeth Hartman is the actress as this sort of, you know, yeah. uh, interracial romance. Um and the actress, Elizabeth Hartman, also grew up and, you know, suffered with, uh, you know, severe depression and eventually uh, committed suicide in the exact same way. And yeah. what Doug is doing here is basically connecting uh, these two uh, uh, real life anecdotes of these people whose lives were ruined because of Hollywood. And this is Doug's yeah. like... This is where Doug's guilt is coming out as someone who has treated movies really cavalierly and been, found it very easy to mock and deride and criticize. Um, and this is him basically yeah. saying, like, these are real people and there is real pain that can come from this and real, like, and, horrible trauma. And he, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And an important, an important thing that happened to Doug also that's crucial in understanding this is that he, he made an episode... Um, he made an episode of The Nostalgia Critic where, you know, he was reviewing one of the films that Mara Wilson was in uh, as a child actress. I think it might have been Matilda. Um, mm. And he reviewed it and he cracked a lot of jokes about her. And then, like, his fans found Mara on Twitter. And I'm pretty sure they were, like, pretty nasty to her. And she kind of, like, lashed out at him for it, understandably. And it's like, yeah, you know, what the fuck are you doing? And eventually they buried obviously they buried the hatchet and like the next episode um the next episode he did he also did a mara wilson review but at the end of the episode she shows up and like brutalizes doug back at him so that it, it feels like that also fe this was near the end of the nostalgia critic too so it feels like a an important turning point yeah <laughs> where he's starting to realize like hey, wait a minute, you know, all this shit that I'm making fun of, like, it, th it's real. Like, there, this isn't an abstract thing that I'm mocking. Like, real people made these movies, and my idiot fans, like, don't know or have the maturity to distance the people in these movies from, uh, you know, like, distance the people in these movies from, like, the, or the characters in these movies from the actual people who made them. Yeah. And so... You know, and also it's important that Mara Wilson is in demo reel. Yeah, so it, absolutely. It, yeah, so it, it's a very, very, like, serious um, 
very serious attempt to deal with the way Hollywood treats um, both the way Hollywood treats basically anyone who doesn't play the game or doesn't even play the game like right, basically. Or and it's also a way of Doug dealing with the fact that he mistreated a lot of people on his show and mistreated a lot of people on his site. It's yeah. so fucking weird to behold. It's so the, I, yeah, the, the key scene here is there's as part of the episode is this family is like holding him hostage because they love they know who he is. They are yeah. they love his two movies in like a so bad it's good way. And they basically are like drugging him and forcing him to watch these movies with you know, with them and, and, and laughing and mocking. And like, at one point, Doug is like, yeah, you know, the reason I uh, uh, didn't give a good performance in this movie is because my mom had just killed herself. Um, So sorry that I wasn't really like enter able to entertain uh, up to your standards. And they just like laugh at him uh, because they don't think he's serious. And that's absolutely like, that is exactly that is how Doug sees his fans and that is how Doug sees himself yeah. and how he sees himself as culpable for like training people to treat movies and the people who make them in this incredibly callous way. It's just like, it is, I, I, I feel so bad for Doug. I genuinely do. Like not that he is necessarily a good person. He has certainly been party as we've talked about to a lot of like, genuinely abusive behavior on the part of his collaborators. But I feel yeah. so incredibly bad for him that he uh, has the, enough self-awareness to see the uh, the horror that he's wrought. And as we'll get into next yeah. time, like he is just completely unable to stop it. Yeah. It's uh, this, this demo reel, I think is the point where the Doug Walker character goes from like a, like a fascinating and entertaining narcissist to one of the most like weirdly tragic figures in like internet history. Just this man who like <laughs> built this empire and like the very moment he gained a modica, like a tiny bit of self-awareness, it just all crashed down on him and he just got stuck in hell for it forever. It is. Ah, oh, God, it's so, wild to look at it's such a i don't know it's genuinely sad i really wish that he got to keep doing this because like one again this is way better than nostalgia critic this oh, yeah. is so much more compelling this is so much more clever too like again once they ditch like the framing device of making bad movie parodies the movie parodies can be actually like a little clever at times especially the lost in translation one this is he seems to be having a lot more fun doing this. He enjoys like this long form storytelling and he proves that after the hell that was to boldly flee, he is actually like slightly capable of like long form storytelling too. When it's not like, you know, not doing an epic fucking uh, review guy, you know, giant parody thing or whatever. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's sad to know that, you know, this, I mean, it's cosmically perfect, but it's still sad to know that this tanked so hard. He just had to go back to being the monster he hated. Yeah. And we'll get into an, in our next episode, which is going to be the review must go on. We'll talk about how that is reflected in that short film. Um, his utter disgust for not just the character, but for everyone who is forcing him to return to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is, 
Doug Walker, just a fascinating figure. And I was not expecting to find him such like a, a tragic individual when we started this yeah. dumb podcast. But I, holy I, shit. I, I fully expected this just to be us like, you know, you know, us clowning on him for like six episodes, which like, you know, if you listen to the Family Guy or the Seth MacFarlane episodes, that's what we do with Seth. Like, we just make fun of him because he's just like a like a theater guy if a theater guy was straight, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we just make fun of him because he he, you know, is just sort of a very talented but kind of weird dude. But th- this is this is so so much more than we bargained for. This is so <laughs> Just not what I was expecting at all. And, oh, I have to say, in Blue Patches, they do a patch of Blue parody, too. And where, but, like, unlike the other parodies, this is, like, really straight-faced. They yeah. have, like they make a patch of Blue sequel within it where the two lovers from a patch of Blue, uh, like, reconnect. And uh, it turns into, like, this really, like, it's like a really straight-faced Nick Sparks thing where they reconnect and they fall in love again, but then one of them dies since they're old. It's, it, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, it, there's, again, no jokes. It's just, it's, it's a really, just a really fucking sad, like, moment where they just make this, like, mini story about old people falling in love and dying. It's... It's unbelievable. It, it is... I, I did not know that Doug Walker was capable of this in any way. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. shocking. Yeah, it's... Again, if... If you are... If you at all care about the Doug Walker story, like, th- this is something you have to at least, like, skim through. Because <laughs> it's... It, it it's it boggles the mind. It's. I thought this was just going to be like bad skits. I thought this was just going to be like, what I had heard about demo reel is that it was just, it's so it's like too bad. It's too bad for even nostalgia critic fans. But it's not. It's not. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Is there anything else that happens in it? Oh yeah, they, they uh beat up the guy from swag they get reunited um donnie escapes the misery house and they like reconnect together and then again they have like the thanksgiving episode like this earnest message about family and togetherness and it's uh it (laughs) it stings a little bit knowing that he's just gonna have to go back to being the critic yeah absolutely yeah so, but is there anything else to talk about these three episodes? I think we covered it. Uh, like you said, w- watch these. If you've been listening to our podcast yeah. for every episode, look these up. I'm dead serious because yeah, you, you especially see the Lost in Translation one. Yeah, especially the Lost in Translation one. That is the that is the I think the most compelling one and the strangest one. <laughs> Absolutely, um, Blue Patches too. But oh god, um, but yeah, I think I think that's gonna do it. Um. Folks, thank you for uh, us realizing that we are in way over our heads. <laughs> uh, we're going to go back to the critic next episode with um with the review must go on and uh we're going to talk about um a man a man <laughs> walking back down into purgatory. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya. Bye.